If you were able to walk into a room confident that you would be well-received, seen, heard, and appreciated by others, and all it took was a few changes in how you navigate your everyday relationships, would you be willing to make those changes? It is possible to be both fully authentic and to experience the best relationships of your life. Now, here's the host of Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Mickey Gaffin-Stone. Hello and welcome, everybody. I'm so glad you're back with me today, or if you're here for the first time, welcome, welcome to Navigating Complicated Relationships here on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm Mickey Gaffin-Stone, and a little about me before we start. I am a board-certified behavior analyst. I've studied many areas of psychology. Um, I have four degrees. I've done a lot of parent coaching as a BCBA, and I have my own kids as well. And we navigated through their teen years. And I have to say, I really enjoyed them. I think teens are great fun. They have so much potential. So someone worked out for me recently as yesterday that I have done more than 10,000 hours worth of study over the several years to be where I am now and to know the things that I know now. So hopefully some of what I'm going to offer you today will land. And I welcome questions. Anytime you have questions for me, please let me know. So I also want to let you know that I'm having a big move happening right now. And I'm celebrating that with a special offer. So the special offer, I'll tell you again at the end, but it's 50% off my usual six month coaching packages. So if you want more information about that, send me an email, Mickey, M-I-K-K-I at gaffinstone.com. And I will be thrilled to hear from you. Please do express your interest, even if you're just thinking about it, because this is one-on-one coaching. And there's only so much of me to go around. So if you want $3,500 off six months worth of mind-blowing coaching, then I suggest you send me an email or find me on Facebook and send me a message. So for today's subject, is your teen a puzzle for you? Do you find yourself getting into battles over really small things or things that should be small at least? How about the age-old problem of the teenager answering you back? No, never had that happen. Um, What about the, the teen that just doesn't talk to you? If you recognize any of these issues, you may be in the middle of a parenting conundrum, which is a great word, but not fun to be in. So navigating this stage of your teen's life is certainly tricky, but there are some tools to help you both. Communication is key to maintaining the flow of any relationship and parenting your adult in training, and we're gonna revisit that, your adult in training is no exception to this rule. So I'm gonna share how clear expectations, clear and concise communication and boundary setting are all elements of building a healthy relationship that will continue long after your child has left home. I think most of us want to have that healthy relationship with our adult kids, right? So I'm using human design. And if we have time in this show today, I will explore some of that specifically. But I'm always bearing it in mind when I do my coaching and when I do my shows. Um, Behavior change science absolutely is in there. And I'm going to combine these to help you figure out what you're doing with your teen. So let's get on with the show. 
Do you think of your teenager as being a mouthy brat, a sullen sort of gangly kid, or do you see them as an adult in training? Because today I'm going to ask you to frame the way you look at your teen, not as a troublesome, awkward kid between stages, but, excuse me, as an adult who is not quite there yet, right? The teens go through the whole sort of I can make my own decisions. I know what I'm doing. Where's my teddy bear? You know, and, and, and they mean it, right? Like they have the hormones going on and they're in all these different emotions at different times. You don't understand where your teen's at because you can't. They don't know. So let's have a look at them through the lens of the teen being an adult in training. So what do you want your teen to be able to do as an adult? How do you want them to show up in the world? Do you want them to have a good work ethic? Do you want them to have coping skills when it comes to anxiety provoking situations? You know, do you want them to be able to handle a job loss? Do you want them to be able to handle a job interview before you even get in there? Excuse me again. So these are important things for you to think about when you're considering your team. Where is their skill set now and where do you want it to be? And I'm going to give you a big clue right now. You making their decisions for them is not helping. It's very, very tempting because every parent wants their child to not make mistakes, right? To not make the mistakes that you made, to not get them into trouble, to, you know, just Just do these things this way and you'll be fine. But did you learn that way? I'm going to put money on it that you did not. We don't learn our best lessons from listening to our parents. Sorry, guys, but we really don't. So how are you going to teach your kid? How are you going to help them to learn? And the thing I'm going to offer you first is modeling. Your teen, just like your little child, right from day one on up, your offspring is watching you. They are learning from you, not from what you say, but from what you do. So get that pen and notepad out from the last couple of weeks and make yourself some notes here, because I'd love for you to think about how do you show up when there's something sort of scary or you're fearful about something? How do you show that? What do you do with it? What are your coping skills? Do you get sort of frustrated and yell at people? Okay, your your teen is learning that that's what to do. They've already learned it, in fact. So if, if that's what your teen does, then we may have some unlearning to work on. And that's fine. You know, this is all literally we're navigating complicated relationships here. There's a reason they're complicated. Humans don't all, you know, follow a neat line much as uh, certain school systems and what have you would like them to. So don't blame your teen for how they behave. It doesn't help. I'll mention blame probably every week because I cannot stress enough how unhelpful blame is. It keeps your teen in a place of defensiveness where they feel like they're being attacked. And, you know, really they are if they're being blamed for things. So How can you approach the teen without bringing up that whole resentment and sort of sullenness from the teen, right? And a question is your timing. Can you pick a time when things are 
pretty quiet, pretty calm, that must happen sometimes, to have an important conversation with your team. And to be curious, I would ask you to bring curiosity to every discussion you ever have with your team, because they're thinking something, they have a process going on that you are not privy to because it's in their head. And it might not make sense to you necessarily, but it really makes sense to your team. That's what they're here for. That's what they're doing. So learn about that. You know, oh, how does it feel when you do such and such? What did you think about that? Um, You know, how, how many ways can you ask in a curious way, not in a what were you thinking kind of way? Because, again, the shutters are going to go up and you're going to get no communication at all. And the key here to parenting your adult in training is you have to have communication going. If you don't have that, you don't know what's going on. Right. That is absolutely vital. You must have communication with them and decision making. How much decision making have you given your team to make so far? How how much have you shown your team that you trust them? Because. How do you operate if you're working in a, say, in a work environment and the boss doesn't trust you? They're always checking up on you, micromanaging your time, checking that you've done your tasks. You know, they, they, you kind of feel like they're on your case. How good does that feel? How well do you work? What's your focus like under those kind of conditions? Well, if you parent that way because you're desperately trying to keep your teen in order, then I got to tell you, it's not going to work very well because they're feeling the stress and pressure of expectations that feel like they can't be met, right? If you have expressed expectations or implied expectations of your team and, and they get very sort of stroppy around that, they get very upset when you bring the subject up or something around that triggers them, well, It's because they feel like they can't reach those expectations. So what are your expectations for your team and why? Is it really your expectation or is it what you think other people feel that your child should be doing? And I'm going to use an example now that it's a smaller child. It's my youngest son when he was little, but it translates throughout the age groups. And that is, he was going to uh, a Montessori school, lovely school, but his teacher was very serious. And she didn't like that he wore Spider-Man every day. Now, this kid had some extra issues and he would wear Spider-Man 24-7. We had three outfits, one to wash, one to wear, one to repair. He was always wearing them. So one day she informed me, you know, he can't come to school dressed in Spider-Man, this is not acceptable. He has to wear normal clothes, you know, normal clothes. So I went home with him and I thought about it and I decided, you know, I could have a big fight with my kid. I could have this huge battle and I know he's not going to be happy and it's not going to go well for any of us, traumatizing for him and me and anybody else listening. Or I could give the problem back to the person who has the problem, which was not me and it was not him. So the next day I took him to school with a bag of clothes, wearing his Spider-Man, and I handed both over to the teacher and said, here you go. You get him in his normal clothes. Good luck. I'll come back in a couple of hours because he was only there for a very short time. 
at that stage. And when I went back, remarkably enough, she was looking very stressed and, you know, she she was really looking frazzled around the edges. He had this beautiful smile on his face and he was wearing Spider-Man. Now, that problem did not come up again, right? So my expectations of him were that he, he would dress the way he wanted to dress. I didn't see it distracting from his ability to do whatever he needed to do. I mean, he's a child. It just needs to be a child. And if that means wearing Spider-Man, okay. Her expectations needed to change because she wanted him to fit into a box that he didn't belong in. So when someone says something about your teen, or and this could be grandparents particularly, they're telling you something about how your teen needs to behave, what they should be doing, you know, where their grades should be at school, whatever the shoulds are. Don't let them should on you or your teenager. That's that's not okay. It's natural, I guess. You know, we, we are in the habit of doing this, but it's not okay. Your teen is underneath all of that, trying to figure out how to be an adult in a pretty crazy world, and they're looking to you for help. So listening to outside people's problems about what they think your household should look like, you know, cut that off. Don't don't even pay attention to it. Don't give it bandwidth. You have more important things to do than pay attention to other people's shoulds. So that's me starting off with a, a fairly sort of, you know, grrr approach. But you need that with your teens, right? They need to know that you are there for them. They need to know that you are on their side. This is a journey. It's not a battle. If you go in with this fight energy of, okay, me and my team, we're going to, you know, get it on today. How's that going to end? Neither of you are going to be in a good space and your team didn't learn anything useful at all. So I invite you to sort of not do that. Let it go and just not go there. So we're going to have a break now. And after the break, I want to come back and look at what mistakes you can allow your kids to make, um, what you want to see, We're going to dive more deeply into how you handle stress and all those good things. So stay with me. You are watching or listening to Navigating Complicated Relationships on the Inspired Choices Network. And I'm so delighted you're here. I'll see you after the break. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, Tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com.
This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Mickey, your host on Inspired Choices Network. And today, the complicated relationship that we're navigating is parenting your teens. Before we get into that, I just want to remind you that I am having this crazy special this week. It's through the end of day on Sunday, and it's 50% off six months of coaching one-on-one with me. If that's about your teen, if that's about your partnership, if that's about your relationship with you, we can go there. So if you're interested, please do email me and let me know what you'd like that to look like. It's a 50% discount. That's saving you $3,500, which is, I haven't done it before, might not do it again. I recommend if you're at all interested, jump in now. Message me and let me know that you're interested. So before the break, we were talking about framing your teen as an adult in training. Look through the lens of how you can help this person to grow and blossom into the person you want them to be. We don't learn our best lessons by listening to our parents. Life would be kind of easy if we did, but we don't. As teens, particularly, we're learning from what our adult family does, whether that's the parents, the caregivers, the grandparents. We're learning from all of these people. So you have to have really good communication going to talk with your teen, to keep in touch with what's important to them, to sort of get a handle on where they are in their life. What kind of things are they trying out? And here's a suggestion. If your teen wants blue hair, great. Let them have blue hair. Blue hair grows out. Tattoos are another matter, you know. You might want to leave that for a little while. But These are conversations that you can have, not in a judgmental way, but in a very sort of understanding and, oh, hey, yeah, that's interesting. What do you think you'd do with that kind of way? Curiosity is going to be your buzzword. I suggest you put that on the fridge. That's really going to be so important for you learning with your team what they're going through. So your team needs to know that you're on their side. It's a journey. It's not a battleground. It shouldn't be a battleground. So if that's the energy that you have right now, I invite you to take a step back and really look at how are you showing up? Why are you showing up that way? Is this an old pattern? Because if you're looking behind you at how your parents parented you and You've probably got this long list of, right, I didn't like that and I don't like this and I'm never going to say that, right? And you're looking at all the things you didn't like. I'll bet that it comes out of your mouth sometime. And just as you're speaking, you have that thought, oh, did I just sound like my mother? And you know what? Yeah, you did. Because you're looking behind at what you don't want and your brain is focusing on what you're looking at. So if you focus on all the things you don't like, guess what you're going to get more of? Guess what you're going to bring up? All the things you don't like. So I invite you to turn around, stop looking behind you at the parenting you didn't like, and ask yourself, what 
do I want to do as a parent? What do I want to achieve? This is a question for you at any age or stage for your child's life, right? It's never too late because now is the time you have. So what do you want? How, what do they want? Like, do they want to be an entrepreneur? Has anybody ever asked them? What would that look like? Do they want to do something completely different with their life? Do they want to travel? Is your teen learning to be a kind person? Are they naturally kind and get some kind of um, reinforcement for that? You know, look forward. Decide what it is you do want and really pay attention to this because it's so important. It will affect the outcome of your later relationship with your teen when they hit adulthood. You know, we all know people who have their adult children show up, you know, once a year and have the obligatory fight and then leave. Or, you know, the the communication is sort of pressured. It's like, yeah, I don't really want to be here, but I have to be here. You know, we all know people that have those kind of relationships. Don't let that be you. It doesn't have to be you. You can establish a deeper bond with your child now than was even possible before, because this person is learning to be like you. So how are you? What are you showing them? Are you a safe place for them to vent? Do you jump in with solutions or do you see if they can find their own solutions? Something that I used to do with my kids that I found very helpful was they would actually come to me with a concern about something or a decision they need to make. And I'd listen. And then I'd ask them, do you want to know what my perspective is on this? And if I got a yes, then I would offer some different avenues, if you will. You know, if you take this action, this is what I think might happen. If you take that action, it's likely to look like this. What do you think you'd like to do? Which seems good to you? And then the really key part, and I can't emphasize this enough either, is let your teen know regularly that you trust them, that you trust their ability to make good decisions and leave it with them. And say it in a genuine way, not just, hey, see you later, make good decisions. You know, that's that's cute, but it's not really meaningful. When your teen is making a decision, just let them know that you are relaxed about them making that decision because you know they've got it handled and be prepared for mistakes. When they screw up and they're going to, because we all do, right? We still do it now as adults. So when they mess up, no judgment, no sort of Nina Nina, look, you see, you didn't listen to me, look what happened. That doesn't help a relationship go anywhere other than down. So really avoid those responses and be curious again. Huh, what happened? Oh, how do you feel about that? Mm, Would you do it differently next time? Or, you know, what do you think? And these are not questions to fire at them, but just, you know, as they come up, you can gently let those flow toward your teen and see what their response is. And if they're shutting down and they don't want to talk to you right now, Okay, don't chase them. Definitely don't yell at them. But don't chase after the team. Like, talk to me. You have to tell me these things. Mm -mm. They are processing something. So give them some time. 
and just let them know, you know, hey, I'm here if you want to talk about that. I'm here when you're ready and go and do your thing. But give them space. I worked with a family whose teenager was cutting himself and hiding in the bedroom. And this is pretty dramatic stuff. So let me say right away, they had worked with therapists. They had had school interventions. They'd done all the regular avenues that you can think of. Um, and this was not in the US. OK, so I'm doing an online thing here. And they'd gone all the therapy avenues that they could. Hired me as a coach and I went in as a coach. This is important. And the first thing that I did was ask them to back off and give a kid some space. You know, let him breathe. Don't chase after him when he comes home from school and ask him how his day was and bring up all the things he might have been anxious about. He had incredible social anxiety, massive, which a lot of teens do these days, especially post-COVID. Good Lord, that did a number on our kids. Wow. You know, the, the people who are already adults have issues with it. Can you imagine being a teen and going through that sort of hormonal stage and you've got the COVID lockdown messing up all your social interactions and you've got a very inflammatory social media jumping in, telling you all kinds of nonsense. What a time to be a teen. Holy smokes. You know, that's that's just so tough. So if you then become a source of stress by following your sort of parenting instincts and chasing after them, tell me all the things then that kid is just going to run and hide. It's too much. It's just too much. So when they come home, if you have a sort of non-communicative teen, I recommend that you try just saying, hi, I hope you had a good day. Or hi, how was your day? And leave it. Don't say anything else. Get on with what you're doing. And I'm going to say five to 10 minutes later, that non-communicative teen is going to be very, very curious about why you're not chasing them. And they're going to come up and ask you some questions or they're going to start telling you about their day. And that might not happen on day one, but it will happen fairly soon because human beings don't like avoid. Right. We're not good with silence. If somebody asks you a question and you don't answer them, it's very uncomfortable. People don't like that gap. So when you've greeted your teen and you don't follow through with the whole, you know, come and talk to me, you have to tell me things, were you anxious today, you know, how was your day, da, 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 then if, if you don't follow up with that, oh, they want to know why not, they want to know what's happening, why are you not chasing them, and once that teen's had a chance to process the things they want to tell you, they'll be coming and talking to you, so that's, that's an amazing tool, sometimes less is more as a parent. And teens particularly so, they need space. They need to be able to make their decisions. They need to know that you've got their back and that they can mess up and still come home. They can mess up and still be okay with you. They're not going to get judgment from you as well as the rest of the planet. They don't need you to give them a hard time. They have the world for that. They need you to give them the tools to handle that crazy world. That's what we need to do. So teaching decision making isn't active, it's more passive. It's by modeling, it's by giving the opportunities, and it's by less is more. You say less, don't give them the solutions. Your solutions might not be their solutions. 
And as a coach, I've learned that, you know, if, if I'm offering solutions to the person who's come to me for coaching and I just right away, oh, I know what to do. Do this. Oh, I've got that. Do that. If I do that, that person's going to sit there and nod and they're going to say, oh, yeah, good idea. And then they're not going to do it because they didn't have the idea. They didn't process through to that point. So jumping in with what you think should be done is really not helpful. They're not learning. They have no equipment when they leave home to use to make good decisions. So less is more. Give them so many opportunities to make decisions, as many as you can. And be prepared for sometimes it doesn't work. I mean, these adults in training have got a big job going on. No wonder they get stroppy sometimes. So I'm going to let you have a quick break right now. We have some things to listen to on the break. Remember, you can find me on over 450 platforms. Uh, we're going live in Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're all kinds of places. There's podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just so many places that you can find this talk after the show. And, you know, you can listen to it as many times as you like. Please take notes. After the break, we're going to come back and look at boundaries or buddies. Which are you and what do boundaries look like for you? Next week's show is all about boundaries. So don't go anywhere. Come right back. Navigating complicated relationships with your host, Mickey Gaffin Stone, and you're on the Inspired Choices Network. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back. I'm Mickey Gaffin-Stone, your host in Navigating Complicated Relationships. And this week, one of the most complicated relationships we all go through the teen years, parenting teens. Do you remember how it was when you were a teen? Do you remember how difficult it was? And school and parents and things you had to do and peer pressure. Holy smokes, what about the peer pressure? There's a lot going on in your teen's life. So 
do you try and be their buddy or do you set boundaries? Now, I'm doing an entire show next week on boundaries precisely because in my coaching experience, most people can't even define a boundary properly and let alone set one. And if you're Generation X, I am going to jump out on a limb here and say you have no idea how to create boundaries because you were never given any. As a child growing up, Gen X is pretty feral, right? You get the house key, you're booted out of the house in the morning, and when you come home and let yourself in after school, the the instructions are don't burn the house down. You know, you might get your own food even. And there's a lot of what to do for Gen Xers when we were growing up, but not a lot of how to do it. So, you know, you remember your teen years, but there weren't any boundaries as such. You had to figure everything out for yourself. So do you think you're setting good boundaries now for your teen? I'm going to say probably not. It's a huge subject to learn, actually, which is why it has an entire show next week. It's there's so many areas to it. And the most difficult part is implementing it and even more difficult, holding it standing your ground. Wow, that is a tough one. So that's going to be a big part of next week's show. And right now, I also want to go into, we were talking before about being there for your teen and sometimes less is more. And here's an example of a less is more. Another one of my kids' stories, because, you know, hey, I'm a parent too. My eldest son, when he was early teens, he's teacher from school came and told me that she didn't think he had the ability to learn French. Now, we were living in Canada at the time, and it was kind of important that he knows French. And she said he doesn't have any ability with languages, put him into a different stream, get him doing different things. And I considered her words, and I decided that they were not enough to go on. I didn't really know that what she was saying was accurate. She sure meant it. But was she accurate? So I decided not to say anything. Now, my life has been one of moving. I've been moving since I was six months old, different countries, different systems. And so my kids grew up that way, too. We moved to Singapore and my eldest son went into a school where first thing we learned was he has to learn Mandarin Chinese. And I thought, oh, boy. Okay, this is going to be interesting in light of what the teacher said. How's this going to go down? But I did not say anything to him. At no point did I give him the limiting belief that that teacher gave to me. The buck stopped with me. That whole story stopped with me. I did not tell it to him. So he went off to school and, you know, he went into his Mandarin class And could you believe he was amazing at Mandarin? He learned it so quickly, reading, writing and speaking. He was telling jokes and on the quiz team in just a few months. I mean, it was wild, blew my mind. He went on from that to learn all sorts of languages and now speaks seven fluently. He's a linguist and he's doing his postdoctoral fellowship. This is from a place that said, you know, your kid can't learn languages. Can you imagine what his life would be like now if I had listened to that and if I had used that as a guideline for what he was going to do in school? His life would not be what it is now. 
And he would be so unfulfilled because this is something he's brilliant at. I didn't even know it existed. So as a parent, I can't tell him, you need to do this. You need to go there and learn these things. These are the subjects you need. I don't know. I don't know what he can do. I haven't seen yet. So in that particular example, less was way more. You know, I could have caused him so much trouble. So where are you being told some kind of limitation about your teen? What story have you got? Particularly if your teen is on the spectrum or has some kind of special needs, ADHD, pick a thing, right? As soon as you put a label on a kid of whatever age, that label tends to get front and center and it's not helpful. If I I once had a parent say to me, do you think my child does these behaviors because of his autism? And my response kind of shocked her because she'd spent so long getting a diagnosis. And I said, well, it doesn't matter. And she she almost quit right then. You know, she was so mad at me. But I, I went on to explain, like when she calmed down a little bit, that the important piece is, does the behavior cause a problem? And do you need it to change? Does your child need it to change? Are they getting themselves in unnecessary hot water? This is the kind of priority. The label isn't necessarily important. You know, the the medical system in the US uses labels in order to give you or not give you services. It's like that in other countries too, but that's the purpose of that label. And yes, you can do some reading up on it, but are you getting stuck there? Are you really focusing on that label? Why? It it keeps you limited. You have no idea what the potential is of that child, that teen, until you encourage them to just go for it. Try the things, you know, like what's out there for them? Do you see a natural talent in baking? You know, my little one was nonverbal until he was three. And when he was four, he was talking his great grandmother through how to bake a chocolate cake from scratch. And he told her everything. She only did what he told her to do. And it was a beautiful chocolate cake. Would you expect that from a four-year-old? Maybe, but not if you're looking at the label, you won't. If you're looking at the label, you will expect all kinds of behavioral problems. It's like approaching this sort of teen year situation as a problem, as something that needs to be fixed. If you have that attitude, then you're always going to find a problem that needs to be fixed. But if you see someone who needs support to be the best they can be, to really flourish, not just survive, but knock it out of the park and be amazing, then, you know, that's a different approach, isn't it? And labels don't have one red thing to do about it. Labels are not what you need to focus on. The question is, are you moving in the direction that's healthy and helpful? Is it one that you all want? Now, human design is so useful right here because, I mean, it's useful anyway, but for teenagers, if you learn about their energy patterns, their energy type, um, the more detail you can go into, the better. And I do family readings so I can do the interactions and all those things because it's important. I learned how to do it. And knowing how your teen operates, like if you have a reflector teen, 
one of 1% of the world's population, that team is going to be absorbing all the energy from the people around them and amplifying it. So if they have sort of bad tempered friends or they have negative people around them, you can have a very negative team and it's not them. It's what they've absorbed from other people. If you can encourage that team to be in an environment that's healthy and helpful, then they will absorb and reflect more of that. So, you know, knowing your child's human design and knowing yours is massively important. If you're a manifester, for example, as the parent, chances are you run over your kids without knowing it because that's the energy. It's a big, fast energy that's here to do things, to, you know, kick backsides and take names. It's a manifest is here to make things happen. And if, if you have a projector child, they, they're amazing at tech for a start off. Most tech people that I have worked with have been projectors. It's fascinating to see. But that's because projectors are great at systems. However, they also don't generate their own energy. They borrow energy. So it's up for a while, it's down. It's up, it's down. And if you're running over them and demanding that they do more than they're able to do energetically, it's another place where problems can creep in for the parents and the team. You, you start with a sort of dissonance between what they feel able to do and what they're told they must do. So learn about your child's human design if you want to go to my website, you can download as many charts as you like for free. That's absolutely fine. And the website is www.gaffenstone.com, G-A-F-F-E-N, stone like a rock. Go get your charts and have a look at them. And if it looks really confusing, you know where to find me. I can work on that with you. So a topic that comes up quite often, and we're going to go into more after the break is co-parenting because by the time someone is in teenage years very often there is a divorce that they're dealing with or a separation and how that goes down affects the team tremendously do they feel that they were a part of that whole event usually yes because that's the nature of kids and teens are not quite out of being a kid yet so having a conversation with your teen about what's going on is important. And I've seen a surprising number of people that don't think to talk to their teen unless they are saying bad things about the other parent. And I cannot emphasize enough. Please don't do that. If you can possibly manage to not go there, even if the other parent is. Be the bigger person in this case. Don't go there because this is 50% of your kids' genetics. And it's someone that they more than likely love, that they certainly feel attached to. They have this relationship because it's their parent and you're bad-mouthing them. That's not going to sit well for the team. That gives them so much difficulty because they don't want you to be upset. They don't want the other person to be upset. And it just cuts them to hear those kind of discussions. So if you're going to talk to your team, ask them, where do they want to be? You know, how do they want the moving between parents to go? Give them some options. This is another place where they get to make decisions because you know what? 
they're the one that's being shuffled around. So what do they want to do? And if they don't want to be with the other parent, that's a really good question to find out why, right? And tread carefully, tread gently. Just see, is there a real reason for this? In all cases, listen to your team. Listen to what they want from you. Listen to what they need. And if you can look for body language and see, are they kind of curling away or are they open and discussing with you? We have so much more after the break that's coming up right now. So please don't go anywhere. You're listening to Mickey Gaffinstone hosting the show, Navigating Complicated Relationships. And this week is all about parenting teens. It's one of my favorite subjects. Can you tell? And you are on the Inspired Choices Network. I will see you after the break. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, to Navigating Complicated Relationships. This week is Parenting Your Teen, and I'm so thrilled to be talking about this. It's a subject I get so passionate about. And before the break, I was talking about labels. And if your child, your teen has a label, or three, or four, I mean, they get bandied about so much. If your child has labels, try not to see the label. See the person behind the label. The label was originally intended to be helpful. It's become a, a sort of means to an end when it comes to getting services. But don't let it limit your child. Don't let it limit your team. It doesn't mean anything about them. And here's a clue, too. If your child happens to be on the autism spectrum, have a look and see if you can figure out what their superpower is, if you haven't already. Because Again, I, I'm not a betting person, but I would put money on it that they have something they are so amazing at. Can you foster that? Can you really put them in the direction of doing more of that? You know, it's it's amazing to see a child who has been sort of labeled flourish despite that label. You You never tend to flourish with it. It's despite it. So anyway, that I just really can't emphasize that enough. Please do put the label down. Don't don't carry it. It's not a shield. Um, Co-parenting. If you're having a difficulty maintaining a civil relationship with that former partner. Now, here's a, a sort of exclusion thing here. I'm not talking if it's toxic, abusive, you know, there's violence involved. That is a different thing. This is for someone who's just the relationship came to an end. I like to view relationships coming to an end as being completed, even. That's a different frame for you right there. That Once that relationship between the two parents is completed, your job now is to be as civil as possible with each other 
And if you can't manage that, can you appoint some kind of mediator? Now, okay, I, I hear you thinking, oh yeah, that's that's money. But there's also an app for that. There's ourfamilywizard.com or talkingparents.com. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of others, but these are two that I've come across recently that you can use as communication tools and it tracks things, right? So if there's distrust between the parents, which there often is, that's sometimes part of the divorce, um, then you have an app that's going to track those communications so you don't get into the he said, she said stuff. And that can help your teen as well. So make sure that the school is aware of who has what permissions, who has what custody, where the teen's going, where they're not going. You know, keep the school informed. Be contactable so that your teen can get you. And if the other parent needs to contact you for some reason, even if that might be the last thing you want to do, the last person you want to talk to, you have another person involved here. So please be contactable. Let them be in touch with you when they need to be. Okay. So I just want to remind you too, if you don't want to use the the apps that I've been talking about and you don't want to appoint a mediator, it is possible to go through a coaching journey and have, I've, I've worked with both parents where they are, you know, we're doing it all online and there's different Zoom rooms and then the teens in another room. And this particular case I'm thinking of, the teen was uh, a trans teen. And this was causing a lot of problems for their Eastern European parents. So I had a lot to navigate here, but trying to keep the parents civil was one of my biggest tasks. And meanwhile, this teen is going through a lot. So if you can put your differences, if not to one side, at least put them on the back burner and really focus on that adult in training, that teen that you're working with and, and helping them to be the best person they can be. The stakes are so high. So what tools can you bring in to really maximize everything from your teen? If they have a label, read up about it, learn what you can. They do have a human design, so get the charts, learn what you can. There are hyperlinks on my website that you can get some more information from, and there are readings that you can get from me that will show you the interactions as well as the individual sort of energy channels and also sort of energy flow, where the talents are, where the gifts are, because he is a an important piece for everybody to know with human design. There is no bad design. There, there really isn't. And you are not broken. You might need support. We all need support, but you are not broken. So let's put that lens away. Let's just, let's bury that broken lens, okay? Labels or whatever, you don't need that stuff. But you can find your gifts looking through human design. And very often I find that that gift is exactly what you've been told is wrong about you. The number of times I've come across someone who is an incredible storyteller, and guess what their scorecards from school always said? Talks too much, disrupts in class, makes up stories, or you know varies from the truth, or however, however they want to word it, but that talks too much, is disruptive, too loud. You probably have an amazing storyteller who has a gift 
to take what they know and turn it into something that other people can receive and learn from. Now, is that not something that you'd want to foster instead of sitting on them and telling them to sit still and be quiet? You know, if you've got a kid who gets up and moves around a lot, they they can't stay still. And so, you know, oh, this person has ADHD or ADD. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe what you're doing is not the right learning style for them. That's something you can learn up about as well. So I suggest that you you know, you can contact me. Absolutely. And let's have a conversation about what your journey could look like with a little support or check your friend Google and see what kind of information you can get from there. There are books out there as well. There's so much information that I am going to revisit parenting your teen. I've had questions come in about suicidal teens, and I know that there is a significant increase since COVID of teens that just can't cope. The generalized anxiety that teens have is mind-blowing. It's unprecedented, and that's always been a problem for teens. It's just the nature of the beast, but it's also something that they're learning from their parents. I'm not saying you gave them anxiety. I'm saying they're learning their responses from you because they see yours. The anxiety is literally a pandemic. And if your child is on the spectrum, generalized anxiety disorder tends to go hand in hand with it. It's not always diagnosed at the same time, but I think you'll find that your child has generalized anxiety. So I will be revisiting this and going into depth on how you can address anxieties, what to look for for a teen who may be considering suicidal tendencies, suicidal ideation, like or if they already have, you know, if they've already talked about it, what to do in those situations. It's a huge topic and we're going to look at it not from a therapeutic perspective, but just from a parenting, what can you do? Right. But between now and then, I would love for you to remember that often less is more. Give your teen space. Look at them as an adult in training. And if you can, give them a break. You know, they don't have to be perfect. They can't be perfect. Let them learn who they are and give them that encouragement. I will see you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Navigating Complicated Relationship Show. Mickey returns Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember every relationship is a journey. And with the right tools, you can create stronger, more fulfilling connections.